Welcome back to another episode of the Dreamer's Manual podcast. Today, we really talk about the nuts and bolts of hiring and what that looks like in your business. We talked last episode about figuring out what support you need and how to get that support. Also, just the importance of support in general. So if you haven't checked that out, maybe go listen to that one first. But this episode, we're really going to deep dive into now that you know what support you need, how to go about getting that support. First, let's do a quick review of some areas that you can get support with. Always the personal areas first, housekeeping, childcare, meals and food prep, errands, household chores, those sorts of things. I definitely recommend to think about outsourcing first to clear up that mental physical clutter in your environment to really free up the energy and focus on your business and the next steps. Other things that you might want to consider outsourcing or that you might have identified already that you need help with could be social media. That could include content creation, repurposing. You might need someone just to help with the admin tasks, updating your website, clearing out comments, checking and responding to emails. That could include customer service, either with your products or with your clients, finances, bookkeepers and accountants are really important. Marketing, do you need help coming up with ideas and creating campaigns? Do you need help with your social media, graphic design? Do you need someone to help with your tech? So connecting all those things and making them run in the background, all your automations, your funnels. Do you need help just managing your projects? Do you need somebody to come in like an OBM to help with all of the things and making sure that the people and the systems are in place for each of those things? That's a good summary and a good place to start for people to bring on in your business, in your life to help you. So if you're still not sure, you might have a list of tasks that you do, but you're not sure what's really going to move the needle. Let's take a look at that list. You could pull it out. You could pause this, or you could go back to it later and think, is this really necessary? Is this task really going to move the needle in my business? Is it going to bring in income? Is it bringing in revenue? Why am I doing this task? And then for any tasks that are directly responsible for bringing in revenue, keeping clients happy, those sorts of things, you could circle those, you could make a star next to them. And then if you think about things from your list that you absolutely love doing and that you'd never want to give up, or are they the things that are doing that are bringing in the most results for you? Definitely make sure to highlight those because those are important and we want to make sure you have enough time to focus on them. So everything that remains can be either eliminated, you can automate it, or you could delegate it. So if you have something, a group of tasks that look like they're in the automation pile, then maybe hiring a tech VA would make a lot of sense to get those things automated up and running. So once you know what you're going to take off the list what needs to be automated, and the things that could be delegated. See if there's a common theme. Find out if there's one person that can do most of these things. This is where I'm going to put a disclaimer. I am not a fan of hiring a quote unicorn. 
It's unfair. And for the most part, you're going to get somebody who might be okay or pretty good in a lot of areas, but they're not going to be great in all areas. So if I see job descriptions that have the word unicorn in them, I'm already thinking that person just is either being lazy because they don't want to hire for all the things they need to hire for, or you're going to get somebody who's not a great fit for the position. If you have a tech VA who is doing customer service emails, sometimes that can work okay. But typically the way that that person's brain works isn't going to make somebody who's really great with tech the most amazing, warm, comforting communicator for customer service in general. I'm not saying that unicorns don't exist. I'm just saying you're doing everybody a disservice by looking for them. So now that they got that out, we're looking at prioritizing the list. So like I said, household stuff first, free up that space for yourself. And for that really referrals, I think in your community, people, you know, I have found the best support through referrals from other people. If you absolutely don't have anybody in your network who can give you a referral, then other ways to find those positions. But ideally, that's how you're going to look for those. And then if you're still considering what to outsource first, think about what drains you the quickest or irritates you the most. For me, I actually really like going on the back end of my website and puttering around. I am no means amazing at the tech. I'm not typically building anything out, but I like that. And so that's a task for me that it'd be good to outsource, but it's not going to be my first priority because I don't hate it. It just takes me a few minutes. I used to do it while I, you know, maybe put on a show in the background, watched a little office while I was working. And sometimes those tasks can kind of relax your brain. But if there are tasks that if I was really annoyed with that task, I hated doing it. I didn't want to be back there that would move up the list and make it a higher priority to outsource. And then think about what you can hire out that will bring in revenue directly. So does somebody need to take over your sales calls? What about your leads process? Building out a system for onboarding your clients in a really smooth and efficient manner. Those are things that are going to directly impact your revenue. This can also include bookkeeping and accounting. Now that you have an idea who you want to hire, let's think about where to find those people. Now, if you're in the online space, I still think that Facebook and course groups can be a really good way to find people. Now, that doesn't mean going to a group and saying, hey, I need a virtual assistant. Does anybody have recommendations? I cringe when I see those posts and I know there's a place for them. And we all probably have done some version of that in the past. And it doesn't mean that I haven't met clients that way. And we've really clicked and hit it off. But I think if you don't have a job description, if you don't know what your company values are, if you just have a loose idea of what you're looking for, it's typically not going to go great. That type of hiring is typically not going to be as ideal as you'd like it to be. So if you're going to post on Facebook, I would like to see you use a hiring form in a group potentially. I can link some down below. I love finding courses that help support and train people and then using that community to be able to have a hiring pool from. I think that those are typically my most successful hires and 
I go back to those places over and over again. If you want to find someone local, either for your household tasks that you weren't able to get a referral for, or you just want to work with someone local, maybe a college kid that's new to the online space, or someone that just wants to make that transition, have more freedom working from home, you can use Craigslist. I think referrals can make sense, but you want to consider the person that you're asking for the referral from, their personality, their work style, maybe their values, just take into consideration what you know about them before you ask them for a referral because someone that could be incredible for them just might not be a good fit for you and vice versa. One place that's often overlooked to hire is your own community. So if you have an email list, if you have a social media presence, posting there and asking for people to either apply or send recommendations for people that they know would be a good fit is a great way to connect with an audience that already knows you and you have a relationship to be able to get recommendations and referrals for the positions that you're looking for. I have used places like Upwork and Fiverr, and I have found some amazing contractors from there. I think sometimes those platforms for me can take a little bit more research and they always involve a paid test project because you just don't know that much about a person. And typically you would have some type of a hiring process where you're talking to somebody, having more of a relationship. And in those platforms, you usually just pay and then hire them for the job. So in that case, I think those types of test projects and having really clear expectations are important if you're going to use something like that. Now, we can talk more about what the interview process looks like. And certainly I talk about that in my programs. But when we interview people, we want to really get them talking and get a feel for whether or not they're going to be a good fit for your team and for your values. I like to ask as many questions as are appropriate. Obviously, we're respecting people's time. We're thinking like 30-minute increments, but really just let them talk. This isn't a time for you to tell them everything about you and your business. You're getting to know them and asking them questions that will help you hone in on if they're the right fit for this position. I think you have to interview at least three people. This seems time-consuming, Perhaps, especially when you're already strapped for time looking for someone to fill this position, but you'd be surprised that on paper, sometimes people can be an amazing fit and then person, they just might not be the right one for that job or that position or that company, in this case, probably yours. So commit to talking to at least three people. Something to think about when you're interviewing is finding someone that has skills that are complementary to yours. To use myself as an example, I do not love proofreading. I am not the details person typically, but I've been able to build out my team with really details-oriented people. I love them. I appreciate them so much. And that's not me. I'd rather write the thing you know, lightly edit it with Grammarly and then send it off for somebody to really look at it with fresh eyes. If I hired somebody that was just like me, (laughs) chances are, you know, it's not the end of the world, but things are going to be going out with a lot more typos and just not our best foot forward. So don't hire carbon copies of yourself. Identify where your strengths are and then find somebody who will complement those strengths and you can make a well-rounded whole with what they bring to the table. 
This is definitely an opinion and perhaps not everybody agrees, but I like to hire for attitude and not necessarily aptitude. I think people are typically willing and able to do the jobs that we set out for them. So I want to make sure first and foremost, that person is a good fit. They're eager and willing to learn and they don't have to know everything about everything. If somebody hasn't worked in a certain project management platform, that's not a deal breaker to me. I can show you how to use that platform. I can show you how to create a pin on Pinterest. I have saved videos from when I was doing it and I can show them those videos and say, here's how you do it. So I think what's more important to me is that they're a good fit overall rather than they know every single individual skill. Obviously that can depend on the job that you're looking to hire for. I wouldn't want to have somebody off the street who knew nothing about bookkeeping come in and be my bookkeeper. So some of those more specialized positions Attitude still comes into play, but it might not be the most important thing. One thing that's been really valuable that I've been doing in the last year is choosing one personality test that I really resonate with and like, or that the business owner I'm working with really resonates with and likes, and using that as just an extra piece of information when we're having people fill out applications. So that could be Myers-Briggs, that could be the Colby, that could be the Enneagram, the DISC. There are so many great personality tests over there. And at its best, sometimes those can become part of the company culture. So there's a gems test out there and there are businesses that everybody speaks that language. They know what each other's gems are and they can relate to each other that way. It's become an ingrained part of the company culture. So think about If there's a personality test that you really enjoy, it's a great thing to ask on an application and just great information for you when you're considering hiring someone. Now, when you get started, I recommend a trial period. I think a trial makes sense. That could be 30 to 90 days and you can see how everything's going, how you work together and you don't necessarily have to commit to a long-term contract or that you're going to work with this person forever. I think we get information and the more we do this, the more we're going to get great information out of that trial period. And then we can make a decision whether or not we want to, or whether we even need to continue the relationship. I think this is a good time to mention test projects. I would not recommend that people do any unpaid test projects. And that's on both sides. I would not recommend business owner do an unpaid test project to get a job. And I don't recommend that you would ask someone to do unpaid work for your business in order to be considered for hire. If you really think that a test project is necessary, then coming up with something that's ideally less than 30 minutes and really being clear on how that will inform your decision is important. Now, remember, it sounds like This process is a lot of work and in some ways it can be to get somebody onboarded and started, but the time invested in training your people will be like gold after it's done because you're going to get really clear on how you want things done. You're going to be great at communicating those things and you're going to save buckets and loads of time in the future by putting in a little bit of time up front. You can start with your standard operating procedures, SOPs, and 
Don't let that intimidate you. If you don't know what they are, if you don't have any, that's okay. You really can just start by recording videos of the things that you're doing. And then if you have someone to help with your admin tasks, like a virtual assistant, they can write out the process of what that is. You have the video in there and then that document lives forever in your business. So you don't have to go in every single time somebody completes the task and approve it or make sure it was done correctly because you've outlined the steps for that task and you know that it's being done in the way that you want. Now, I know some of us are going to be intimidated and feel a lot of pressure from this, but remember, you might not get it right in the first time. That's okay. We're learning and we're growing. We cannot grow in our business without trying new things, innovating. And every time you hire, you're going to get better at it. You're going to get more clear about what you want, what works for you, what works in the business, who you're looking for. That's only going to come through action. You can't sit and think about this for six months and have the process get easier and easier. The really information is going to come from doing in most cases, but in this case too. In order to be really successful with your hiring process, the more clear you are about your expectations, your vision, your boundaries up front, that is going to pay dividends. Now, during the process of hiring and onboarding your new team member, just be really clear about your expectations, your boundaries, your company visions, and your vision for this position. People who are showing up want to do a good job for you. But if they don't know what a good job looks like, if they don't know what to do next, if they don't know how to do the thing you want them to do in the way that you want them to do it, that's where problems are going to arise. That's where people are going to get frustrated. If the communication isn't clear and they don't know what you want, they're not going to be able to show up and deliver. And that's not a good scenario for anybody. So the more clear you can be in your communication about what this role looks like, what you expect from this role, the better it's going to be for everybody. I know for all of us hiring our first person or bringing on somebody, it's always nerve wracking and a little exciting, but a lot nerve wracking. So I just want to say you won't feel ready. You're not going to feel ready to make this hire. Most likely you might feel emotionally ready and you might know logically that this is the right next step. But for a lot of us, there's this piece of fear that holds us back, like that we don't know what this is going to look like, or it's going to take me so much time up front. And I just not sure if I want to take the time now to set it up. My words of advice are you're not going to be able to grow and scale for the most part in the way that you want and have time back in your life if you don't take this leap of faith. So make sure you have a month of this position's payment in the bank, and that will give you some peace of mind and pay attention to the return on that investment. You know that there might be some extra time in the beginning, but really look at how this is returning time, money, energy back into the business. And then you can evaluate and continue to evaluate if that makes sense. And I want to say as the season goes on, you're going to hear from a lot of really amazing business owners and contractors. And so in those episodes, we're going to walk you through great questions to ask for those positions, how to really know if you're ready to hire for that position, if that's going to make sense, or if you might need to do some things in the back end to get ready to hire. So we're going to help you 
with those questions, we're going to talk to somebody about hiring an employee and how sometimes that can be beneficial to hiring a contractor online. And for certain personalities or certain businesses, that's probably the preferred way to hire. So if you have questions that you want answered, let me know. You can send me a message on Instagram in my DMs. I'm hanging out there. What do you want to see with the season? What questions do you still have? But I just want to encourage you that just like you took a leap of faith and started your business, this is a leap of faith, but this is going to provide the foundation for you to be able to grow and scale your business into what you want it to be. Thank you so much for being here today. And in case you haven't already downloaded the freebie that helps you put all of these pieces in place to figure out what to hire, what to outsource, what tasks you're doing that you shouldn't be, you can find it at julietraining.com backslash starter kit. That's my design your dream team starter kit. And it has some assets for you to be able to track your time. It has assets for you to outline what recurring tasks you're doing, how to do a time study, a vision and values section. So you really know who's going to be the right person to bring on in your business. So you could print that off or grab your journal and really work out some of those things before you bring this person on. Thank you guys so much for being here and I'm rooting for you. See you in the next episode.